Welcome to the Startup CPG Podcast. There's a phrase, rising tides lift all boats. In the startup community, that is so true. You know, partnerships come in all shapes and sizes. Today's episode with Caroline Cotto, the COO of Renewal Mill. They're a company that is rescuing the byproducts of existing foods and turning them into superfood ingredients, upcycling them. And Caroline knows the power of partnerships. When you when you're have an open mind and really lean into opportunities to form new relationships, some real magic can happen. On today's episode, we talk about the partnerships Renewal Mill forges every step of the way, from the creation of their sustainable upcycled ingredients, to sales partners they've worked with to bring products to shelves, to the coalition of companies working to create an upcycling certification and make upcycling as recognized as organic. Ultimately, our goal is to be the go-to ingredient supplier for sustainable ingredients um, for companies of all sizes. I'm delighted to welcome Caroline Cotto to the Startup CPG podcast. Welcome, Caroline. Thanks so much. I'm super excited to be here. Huge fan of the, the Startup CPG community. We're excited to have you. So tell us about Renewal Mill. Renewal Mill was started with the intention of fighting food waste through upcycling at the food manufacturing level. So we take what's left over from different food manufacturers that is kind of arbitrarily labeled as waste and make sure to keep that valuable nutrition in the human supply chain. Our CEO, Claire Schlemmy, founded Boston's first organic juice company and was appalled by the amount of juice pulp going to waste every day through that process. Um, She had had cancer in her early 20s and had taken a lot of care in sourcing really high quality ingredients. Uh, to bring farmers and local produce to the Boston community, and then saw so much of it just being thrown away at the end of the day. And then she had a fortuitous meeting with the owner of the third largest tofu company in the country, which is happens to be based here in Oakland, called Hodo Foods. And the CEO there, Min, was like, you think you make a lot of waste? We make way more than you, like hundreds and hundreds of pounds and thousands of tons every every year. Um, and every week. So that's how Renewal Mill got started. So our, our first ingredient comes from the soybean pulp left over when you make soy milk. And we dehydrate it and mill it into a high fiber gluten-free flour called okara, the traditional Japanese name for that ingredient. And then we um, sell that ingredient to other food companies looking to incorporate it into their products. But we also use it in our own branded products to make soft-baked vegan chocolate chip cookies, a gluten-free baking flour, and just this month, an upcycled brownie mix. I have to try that brownie mix because I love the Renewal Mill vegan cookies. Yeah, we're really excited about the brownie mix. It's um, gluten-free, it's vegan, and it features three upcycled ingredients. And the product development was done by um, a five-time James Beard Award-winning cookbook author, Alice Medrich, who is based in Berkeley. Cool. What are those three upcycled ingredients? It has okara. It also has upcycled pea starch from one of the largest pea protein producers in the country. It also has upcycled vanilla bean, which still has a ton of flavor, but is usually just thrown away after the seeds are scraped out of the pods. um, And we're able to, to retain all of that. That's really cool. It's clear that Renewal Milk has this potential to go beyond just Okara flour and 
explore other previously underutilized ingredients, upcycling them, giving them a second life. Can you tell us about the technology and business model behind Renewal Mill that enables such versatility and epic partnerships? Yeah, definitely. So um, as I mentioned, the company kind of got started because of this partnership with uh, a tofu company called Hodo Foods. And when we started exploring okara as an ingredient, we quickly realized that there are two main problems with byproducts. First, that they spoil extremely quickly. So they can start going bad within the first four hours after they come off of the processing line. And two, that a lot of them are, especially these like fibrous byproducts from plant-based milk, are extremely wet. Okara is about 80% water when it comes off of the processing line. And so with those two problems, we saw that they're really heavy to transport and they're quickly spoiling. So we needed to process them immediately. We know that there's some other upcycled companies that transport all of the pulp waste to a central processing location, but we thought to ourselves, we could do one better and, you know, by using a co-location model, put our dehydration technology right inside of the um, manufacturing facilities of our partners in order to capture and process these byproducts before they ever leave the factory floor for the first time, even further reducing the, the carbon footprint of having to transport them. We, we do that with Hodo. Um, we capture the Okara as soon as it comes off of the soy milk processing line and are immediately able to dehydrate it and mill it. So this technology is probably applicable in other use cases beyond just tofu byproducts. Our technology is definitely applicable to lots of other fibrous byproducts. So the next ingredient that we're going to be bringing to market is oat pulp left over when you make oat milk which has a very analogous process. And then other plant-based milks like almond also have, have similar processes that we can apply to. And we get inbound requests and interest almost every week from companies all over the country looking for solutions from everything from potato peels to olive pumice to grape pumice. So really a lot of opportunity to keep this nutrition in, in circulation. The word that comes to mind for this is synergy or synergistic relationship. Yeah, I mean, these byproducts are a huge headache for producers in all different ways. So for example, with Hodo, um, they're using a significant amount of their factory floor space to house these wet byproducts before working with Renewal Mill. So they would either have sometimes a farmer come pick them up, but if the price of a premium animal feed goes down, then the farmers won't come and they have to truck this product away to landfill. And then we're working with some other producers who don't have farmers in their vicinity and their only option is to, to truck to landfill. And we know that food waste and landfill is one of the largest producers of greenhouse gases that are contributing to climate change. So um, we're able to turn these waste streams into revenue streams for companies really take that headache of the byproducts completely out of their hands. So let's take a quick step back. What is okara? Are people familiar with it? The word okara itself is a Japanese word. Um, o is like an honorific and kara means husk. So it kind of means honoring the husk or honoring the whole bean. And it's an ingredient that's been honored in cultures like Japan for a really long time. If you made soy milk at home, you would never throw away that okara. You would use it in different dishes like okonomiyaki or saute it with vegetables. And one of my favorite stories is actually that Miyoko of Miyoko's Creamery here in the Bay Area, 
her first company in Japan was an Okara pound cake company. It's a, a really popular health food ingredient in Japan. So it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity in the Okara space. For every pound of soy milk you make, you make more than a pound of pulp waste. So about 60% of the soybean mass that's coming into the tofu production facility leaves as a byproduct. And so we were kind of starting there and then expanding to analogous plant-based milks. But we're part of a larger network of other upcycled companies that are kind of tackling this problem with different producers. So Regrained is another Bay Area startup that is focused on the spent grain from beer brewing. Um, and Planetarians is a, another one that's focused on the sunflower seed cakes left over from oil processing. But yeah, we found a real opportunity here in the plant-based milk space and are kind of going to continue following that because as people keep drinking more oat milk and more plant-based alternatives, um, so too do those byproduct streams keep growing. How do you evaluate new ingredient opportunities to consider upcycling? Um, so when we look at new ingredients, we're kind of trying to first and foremost evaluate, can this be eaten? There are definitely thing, byproducts that you know can't be kept in the human supply chain. So we're looking at what is the nutritional value of this product and what is the versatility of it? What applications could it be used in? And then we're looking at sort of the, the moisture content and um, seeing if it is applicable to our dehydration equipment and technology in order to make sure we're processing it in a way that's both food safe and maintaining that valuable nutrition in the product. What are the current products you have on the market that contain Okara flour and where else are they found? Like what other partners do you have? Definitely. So Okara is a really versatile ingredient. It's really neutral, as I said, in color and flavor, which makes it a great way to add fiber and protein to traditional flour-based products without significantly changing the taste or texture or color of those products. You know, we started out as an ingredient company, and then people kept asking us, like, how does Okara taste? And so we needed a way to showcase it. Um, and that's actually the, the origin story of our cookie. So we started making these Okara soft-baked vegan chocolate chip cookies as a way to kind of show people that, look, you can incorporate this ingredient. It adds more fiber. Um, it helps maintain this really great texture because Okara helps with moisture retention. So we started with the cookies. Um, and, and then as we kind of started exploring more opportunities for it in the, the B2B ingredient space, found that it can really scale across all different sorts of, of applications. It's really category agnostic. So we have some customers that are using it in traditional baked good applications, but we found a lot of people interested in using it in chip applications and crackers, as well as even vegan meat analogs. So we have some customers that are um, using it for like vegan burger substitutes or uh, vegan sausages, even ice cream. Can you tell us more about the specific partners that you have so far? The three partnerships that we've been really excited, or four actually, that we've been really excited about to date. We partnered with Humphrey Slocum Ice Cream and another upcycling company called Imperfect Foods to create a sustainable ice cream flavor called Imperfect Berry Pie. So this used ugly berries from Imperfect Foods. We used Okara coconut cookies as an inclusion in that ice cream. And it was a, a coconut milk-based ice cream. So it, was, it ended up being 
Humphrey Slocum's vegan flavor of the month. And it was 100% sustainable and upcycled. And then obviously being plant-based better for the environment. We've partnered with um, another Bay Area company called Square Baby on a baby food called peanut pumpkin pie. So there's a, a lot of research on early allergen introduction and that helping to reduce allergies in adults by up to 80% in some cases. So Square Baby was looking for a way to have all top nine allergens in their meal set. They make, they make baby meals. They wanted to have a way to introduce soy. So Okara, because it's already gone through a kill step, can be eaten directly out of the bag. And it's a great way to easily mix um, soy into a meal for babies and, and get that added benefit of early allergen introduction. So that flavor went from being just a, a special limited time offer to being so successful that it's now one of their permanent menu items. In the chip space, we've partnered with a company called Pulp Pantry, and they use uh, the juice and vegetable pulp from a large juice producer mixed with our Okara flour to create a, a grain-free chip. They launched online this past October, but they're launching in all of the super targets nationwide this coming May. So that's super exciting to kind of help take upcycling mainstream. But they, they found that it was a great way to help make sure that over 50% of their product was upcycled. Cool. So what have you learned so far about what makes a great partner? You know, partnerships come in all shapes and sizes. And so I think, you know, we have really stumbled into some of these super successful partnerships. So I think it's, you know, always being open to just kind of keeping your eyes and ears open for people that are potential partners. For example, with Square Baby, we didn't go out searching for uh, the opportunity to do a partnership in baby food, but we were approached by Katie and Kendall, the two founders there, after the food funded competition last year. And they were like, we're you know, looking for a way to, to talk about soy allergens. And it was just a really natural, organic conversation that spiraled into a really successful partnership. Um, so I would say, you know, when you when you're have an open mind and really lean into opportunities to form new relationships, some real magic can happen. Like I've alluded to a few times, the relationship with Hodo Foods that kind of started Renewal Mill was just because Claire brought Min, the CEO of Hodo, to a speaking event um, while she was in grad school. And it turned into this amazing sourcing partnership. Um, And then I guess one more story of of partnership from this past January was Renewal Mill at the Fancy Food Show pitched as part of an event through Naturally Bay Area. And the previous year's winner was a company called Tia Lupita, which makes cactus-based grain-free chips and tortillas, as well as hot sauces. And, and you know, not obviously a, a connection between hot sauce and Okara, but as we started getting to know Hector, who's the CEO there, he was like, I'm looking for a way to, to really lean into the sustainability story. Nepales, which is the cactus ingredient in his tortillas, is a, a superfood that's super sustainable, and he wanted to add upcycling as a claim to his packaging and, and really lean into that story of better for you and better for the world. And Okara was a great way to do that. So we've been partnering with him on a, on a new grain-free tortilla 
that we're, we're super excited about launching and later this year. I think the best partners are people who you get to know them as, as people first and foremost um, and figure out opportunities to, to work together in a way that lifts everyone up and really leans into that um, rising tides lift all boats mentality. Yeah, absolutely. And that is a really exciting feature to aspire to, one in which things are created with people in mind. For sure. So how do you fit into the upcycled ecosystem? We really found that in order to drive mass consumer awareness and education, uh, we needed to lean on partnerships with other upcyclers. And so this past fall, we helped found the Upcycled Food Association. All of these different companies are, are kind of trying to tackle food waste and upcycling from different angles. And we realized that there was going to be a huge opportunity for synergy if we all work together to really accelerate the growth of this industry and um, circular food economies. We started with eight founding members and quickly grew to just under 60. And we've seen you know, rising tides lift all boats already um, with people in the, the Slack channel kind of offering, oh, I have this upcycled ingredient, how can you use it? Or, or trying to find new other upcycled ingredients and then presenting a united front as we talk to retailers and marketing agencies and governmental agencies about how to talk about upcycled food and how to market it to consumers in a way that's both appealing and really driving the industry forward. Sounds like there's a lot of collaboration within the upcycled community. Yeah, definitely. We see the industry as still really small and growing. Um, and I think we all know that we all succeed together, but it's, it's easier to succeed as, as one force rather than to try to go it alone. I think the general public still doesn't really know what upcycled is. And so the more that we can sort of band together to accelerate that education curve, the better. Yeah, it's, it's less competitive and it's more collaborative. Yeah, I think, you know, no one in the upcycled space has super succeeded yet or, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done um, in not only reducing food waste, but also um, helping spread the word about what upcycled food is. And so, yeah, we're definitely building it together rather than competing against one another. So who are your ideal partners? We are kind of category agnostic. So we're really looking for partners that are producing things across all categories of the grocery store. Um, you know, if you had asked me six months ago if we were going to be doing things in vegan meat analogs and baby food, I probably would have said no. But we are definitely working on both of those things. So I think as, as long as the product is looking to include more fiber and protein um, or is flour based, uh, we are definitely interested in talking. So it sounds like you're open to new partnerships for sure. Yeah, I think we are definitely open to new partnerships. Partnerships not only help us, you know, showcase the versatility of our ingredient in different applications, but, you know, we're able to work with smaller, more agile brands that can move fast to market and then use that as a jumping off point to show larger brands that might be a little slower moving. Look, this there really is demand in the market for these um, cleaner label, sustainable ingredients, and this is why. Got it. So how can you use Okara flour? How does it behave? What kind of products does Okara go into? Yeah, so Okara flour is a very versatile flour. It's extremely neutral in flavor and color, which makes it very easy to integrate into traditional baked good products or crackers, cookies, 
um, anything like that. It also extrudes really well. So it's a great way to add fiber to things like puffed snacks or um, chips that you know might not normally be so nutritionally valuable. But once you add Okara, a handful of those chips or snacks can be an excellent source of fiber for the day. And it's, you know, most Americans are, they think that they're deficient in protein, but they're actually deficient in fiber. And there are some statistics that adding one gram of fiber more per day to your diet could save the healthcare system like $12 billion a year. So definitely lots of um, opportunities for incorporating Okara across different food products. I didn't know that about fiber versus protein. That's really interesting. Um, also, what is what is extruding? Um, yeah, so when you think about things like a puff snack, like a Cheeto or um, any of the little like tiny puffs that you might find in granola bars, like Kind bars, it you, those are made with, with a machine that kind of creates a dough and then pushes hot air and water through it in order to ha- have it puff um, and extrude through into different shapes. So Okara can withstand that process and maintain its structure and function and taste and and nutrition. Things uh, that are commonly used for extrusion are like corn flours or rice flours, but the products that you get out on the other end of that is just kind of like an empty carb. Um, But when, if you include Okara in that, you get, you know, complete protein because it's coming from the whole soy and you get a lot of this, this fiber that we've been talking about and prebiotic fiber. So it's good for your gut as well. Cool. Um, How do you evaluate new partnerships? Yeah, definitely. So I think we think about partnerships in in two different um, manners. So we have partners on the supply side, and that's where Hodo falls. And then we have partners on the sales side, the ingredient side, and that's where um, people like Tia Lupita would fall. So as we think about it on the supply side, yes, oat is our next ingredient. So we're definitely looking for oat milk producers to partner with. Um, some of the oat milk producers we've been talking to don't have solutions besides landfill for their, their pulp waste right now. And so we're looking to, to find ways to help them. And the way that we evaluate new partners on that side is looking at the nutritional value of the byproduct to make sure that it's actually able to be kept in the human supply chain. and then. Um, seeing what they're currently doing with their waste. If it, is it going to animal feed or is it going directly to landfill? And then um, from there, figuring out how we can reconfigure the factory a bit to accommodate this technology in order to, to come up with a, a drying solution within the bounds of their facility. And then on the sales side for partnerships, um, we're really looking to evaluate those based on sort of the enthusiasm of the, the company involved. Um, are they interested in access to sort of new marketing storylines? Are they interested in the nutritional value of the product? Um, are they, you know, what is really going to resonate with their customer when it comes to upcycled ingredients? And how can we best tell that story and create products that are um, really passing along the full value of that to the consumer? Yeah. So who is your ideal next partner? Long term, what kind of companies do you envision Renewal Mill partnering with? Yeah. Um, right now, we're, we're really focused on expanding our sort of partnerships with these smaller emerging brands as a way to, you know, jump into partnerships with the larger Fortune 500 food companies and people that are really at the top of the industry and, and have a lot of sway. 
Um, and I think ultimately our goal is to be the go-to ingredient supplier for sustainable ingredients um, for companies of all sizes. And we're really focused on being a, a multi-ingredient platform that is kind of able to supply all of these different upcycled ingredients in the way that, you know, Bob's Red Mill does for retail um, or Ingredion or Cargill does for conventional um, large scale ingredients. And I think we, like I was saying, we really need to, to focus on partnerships and to help educate everyone about upcycling, doing a partnership with um, Imperfect Foods and The Mill, which is a, a San Francisco-based bakery and coffee shop. And we were planning to do a, a pizza night there that used Ugly Produce and Okara-based pizza crust. Um, so I think we're, you know, in the short term, kind of trying to, to realize how we can work with the local community here in the Bay Area um, and then other companies nationwide that are kind of small and emerging and nimble um, as we try to build this large, larger momentum and movement of making upcycled a nationwide trend and really the future of food. Yeah. Um, amazing, Caroline. Thank you so much. I'm, I imagine we have so many listeners right now dreaming up innovative new products with Okara Flower. And if they want to partner with you, how do they get in touch? Yeah. Um, so definitely we're looking for new partners. So no matter what size your business is um, or what products you make, whether it's just a, a social media partnership for a giveaway or if it's actually working on a, a joint or co-branded product, um, we're definitely interested in, in talking or if, even it's just a coffee chat with a fellow female CEO. Um, I think all of those connections are, are really valuable to us and our, our small team as we continue to grow. You can reach out uh, renewalmill.com or at renewalmill on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, we would love, love to talk to you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Caroline, thanks for sharing the story of Renewal Mill and discussing the power of partnerships and keeping an open mind. And we're excited to see you build a circular economy for food. Yeah, thank you so much. We're, we're super excited to be part of the, the Startup CPG community. It's, it's amazing what in a short amount of time, the, the real power of the group that you guys have been able to bring together is just having a resource to go to for people to ask questions and just get that support. You know, being a, a founder uh, or working in a small company can be kind of lonely, but when you have access to resources like Startup CPG, it really just makes all the difference and helps us know that we're, we're not, not going this alone. If you like what you heard and you're interested in learning more, sign up for our newsletter at startupcpg.com. Our newsletter lists all of our events. You can get involved by joining a Zoom happy hour. We also announce each new podcast as we release them through our newsletter. And we also share industry insights from the Startup CPG community. So you can learn more at startupcpg.com. We definitely want to have you involved. We have an active online community and these networking events are really fun. So perhaps you're even our next podcast guest or you meet your next business partner. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you to the Super Fantastics for providing our epic intro and outro music. Uh, that is the band of our founder, Daniel Scharf, and you can also find them performing throughout San Francisco on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for listening to the Startup CPG Podcast.